Hello, and welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them in the lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. My name is Dan Demite, and I'm joined here in studio with my co-host and good friend, Aaron Richards. Hi, everybody. Happy to be here again. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing so well today. Oh, man. Today's going to be a day of fire. We've got our good friend, uh, Nick Red coming on to the show. He's, He's going to share his testimony. He is just a bundle of joy, which is great. <laughs> um, but before we get into into the show, Aaron, could you open us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, thank you for communicating with your people. Thank you for loving us, for loving us so well, and for constantly pursuing us. God, we're, we're so blessed by the way that you seek us out, by the way that you are never satisfied to leave us where we are. We pray that even now, today, that we would come into your presence, God, that you'd open wide the doors of our hearts so that you can make yourself manifest in our lives. Yes, Lord, we just are so grateful for what you're doing. You are a God of the living, not the God of the dead. And so we pray, Lord, that the church and our own lives, that we would be a vehicle that brings a dead to life and not a tomb for the dead. Lord, I pray that you would awaken us to the power of your love and that you would allow this show right now, Lord, to be a source of life and revival and renewal into people's hearts and minds. Come, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Come, Holy Spirit. Bring more joy. Bring more hope. Bring more peace into people today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Aaron, I am excited for what God is doing and is going to do in the church today. We yeah. are like, it's not it's not a dead church, right? Amen. <laughs> like, and, uh, and Nick's testimony is just a great example of how God works in the natural and in the supernatural. Yeah. And uh, God, you know, I think God has ordinary means by which yep. he likes to change people's lives, and then he has extraordinary means, yep. you know? Absolutely. Psalm 139 says that God's thoughts about you are, then they number as many as the sands in the seashore. And I think oftentimes we can come into the the belief that, like, you know, God has one word for me, and if I miss it, then, um, you know, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if we just look around, like, there there are so many ways that God's trying to communicate with us, and Nick's testimony will be such a such a witness to that. Yeah, and there's so many ordinary things like that are at our disposal. They're extraordinary and supernatural, but they've become natural, like confession and Eucharistic uh, adoration and mass. These are just these amazing, extraordinary, <laughs> Isn't it ridiculous supernatural to say that things. those things are ordinary. I know like, they've become, but like, yeah. and God it, like wants to transform His church through that, you know, and like, <laughs> and I think we're going to hear just the power of God working in Nick's life. I had this really awesome. I was doing a parish mission in uh, Pennsylvania last yeah. week, and it was probably the most incarnate example of the prodigal son I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, this is good. Um, after, uh, after I was like speaking at the end of mass, and you know, like you get up at the, a parish mission at the end of mass, you're like, try, I mean, you get up at like at the end of mass to make an announcement. And everyone in the pew is like, "You are keeping me from the door." So like, people are pretty upset, but I'm like trying to be joyful and excited. I'm like, I want you to come to this parish mission. It's going to awaken your life to to the power of Jesus's love for you. And I challenged everyone. I said, I want you to go home and I want you to text seven people or call if you still do that uh call or text seven people and invite them to the mission because uh you know statistically you need to invite seven people in order for one people to come to uh, one person to come to a church event so uh, afterwards this guy comes up to me he's like my son's been away from the church for 10 years and um, he hasn't stepped foot in a church and I, i'm gonna invite him can we just pray that he'll say yes he's like i invite him all the time to mass with us he never comes so we pray 
And that night, his son shows up, and his dad comes in this church with his like shoulders up high, just like a giddy little schoolboy, like all excited um, that his son was there. And and you know, I preached on uh, the healing waters of Bethesda mm-hmm. in, in the gospel, where Jesus walks up to this crippled man and place uh, and instead of putting him in the waters of Bethesda to heal him, he brings the waters to him because Jesus is the the, the life giving waters that people need. And um, and we had a time of Eucharistic adoration where the priest uh, was offering anointing of the sick for anyone who needed healing and it was beautiful this this man um young adult man who had been away from the church for 10 years who was suffering with um extreme depression and thinking about taking his own life he goes up and he receives the anointing of the sick for freedom and healing from his depression and and then he goes before the blessed sacrament and he just starts weeping in front of Jesus and is with him and um what was so amazing wasn't what touched my heart so much wasn't that moment but it was after the mission ended the parishioners multiple parishioners came running to this boy who was about yeah. 29 years old and they were just hugging him and over and over again as they were hugging him i heard them say welcome home we've yeah. missed you so much that's and, so beautiful and it was amazing the next day he went to confession for the first time in 15 years he found freedom and healing and uh and the lord just you know no matter i was just encouraged yeah. um because this dad who had never lost hope in his son um welcomed was able to see his son come home and if there's any of you who are struggling maybe your children are far off and distant yeah uh don't lose hope that jesus christ loves them more than you love them and he <laughs> desires them to come home even more than or you if, do if you are, are are feeling distant from the lord right now and you happen to have caught this show by some freak accident or <laughs> chance gotcha the lord wants you back <laughs> that you know that that prodigal yeah. son story is so beautiful why because because the father never leaves the son right the son the son has tried to leave the father but the father's he's he's positioned at the top of the hill ready for the for the for the the briefest moment for the briefest mention of the fact that his son who was lost might come home and there there's no there's no distance too far from the lord's heart there's no distance too far from reconciliation with him and god desires to be in relationship with you and get, I want to challenge our listeners who think they're already home. You know, I think sometimes we're like, oh, well, I'm already home. Like, I, I go to Mass every Sunday. I'm in good standing, like, with the church. I'm in a state of grace. I, I, I live my life for the Lord, and I'm making the right moral choices. I wonder if sometimes we think home is simply um, the external expression of our Catholic faith here on earth. But St. Paul says that we are foreigners and we are sojourners, that we are citizens of heaven. And what if we started looking at our home, not as simply the sacramental life of the church, which is, of course, absolutely critical and foundational, but what if there was more? What if God was saying, no, your home is heaven, and I actually want to bring you home to the kingdom of Mm -hmm. God, that I could release the treasures of heaven even more fully into your life so that you could experience an even greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what we're going to hear in Nick's story, is that first, he was brought home back into the state of grace of the church. And and that's absolutely critical. And if we're far off and distant, we need to come home to the church and to the sacraments. We need confession. We need the Eucharist. We need a foundation of prayer. 
prayer in our lives. But then you hear from Nick's story in our own testimonies, you know, that, that there's always more, that God wants to make our home, our dwelling place, heaven, and Amen. that we would see from heaven's perspective, we would live from heaven's perspective, that the Father doesn't simply live here on earth, but he lives in heaven, and he wants to welcome us home <laughs> to a heavenly some, realm. Sometimes we're afraid to pursue heaven, I think, as Catholics, because we're afraid of losing the church, right? Mm. That we see we see God present in all kinds of different, you know, Christian movements, and we think, gosh, I can't leave what I know to seek something new. And uh, it couldn't be further from the truth. God desires to to bring to us the perfect, um, the perfect collaboration of the old and the new so that we would always seek his heart to always know that I need to stay hungry. God, we need to stay hungry in our pursuit of you. Yeah. Amen to that. So, Lord, I just pray that you would allow anyone who's listening today uh, to come home to you. And, Lord, I pray right now that you would reveal what home is. Come, Holy Spirit, just reveal to hearts, reveal to minds. What does it mean to come home to you? Mm -hmm. And, Lord, I just pray that you would allow us to know that there's more, that if we're far off and distant, that you have more for us in your home. And if we're just complacent with our life in Christ, that there's more for us in your home. Lord, I thank you, uh, and I, I pray that you would allow us to experience everything you have for us. And Lord, I pray that our life in Christ would be a great party, that there would be a celebration when we come home, that we would experience joy like never before, that we would experience happiness in our life with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Aaron, I'm really excited. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to hear from... you treat. Oh, yeah. You're going to get Nick Red. <laughs> He's insane. It's going to be good. All right. We will take a short break and be right back. Don't go anywhere. How about this? Apple TV allows you to instantly stream EWTN to your TV. Get EWTN today. It's easy. All you need is a high-speed internet connection, a TV, and the Apple TV player. A lot of people listen to Catholic Radio and get great information to help build their faith and support their faith. But there are also people out there who haven't yet built a relationship with God. And Catholic Radio reaches them wherever they are. It evangelizes in a way like no other medium. And that's just one of the many reasons why Catholic Radio is so important. Jimmy Aiken thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Hello and welcome back to Encounter Radio, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we are going to hear from just an incredible missionary and disciple of Jesus Christ. His name is Nick Red. Nick is the mission director for St. Paul's Outreach Young Adult uh, Outreach. So, Nick, we are just so blessed to have you on the show. Welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, good to have you, man. I'm grateful to be here. Oh, Nick, yeah, <laughs> but just breathe fire on us uh, today. All right. Are you ready yeah. for that? Breathe fire. That is a bar that is high, but I will see what, what can happen. Holy Spirit, bring it. <laughs> awesome. So I heard you just got married three months ago. So how's that like? I did. Three months in. It feels good. Uh, yeah. They, and, you know, they said it wouldn't last. <laughs> you're just, yeah, you're definitely proving them wrong. Wow, oh, man. Yeah, it's that's that's setting the bar really high. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nick, Dan yeah, no, said you were a mission director. Where are you a mission director at? Here in Kansas City. So uh, this is my wrapping up my sixth year with with St. Paul's Outreach. Um, been in ministry for nine years. 
and I was with Net Ministries for three years from 2010 to 2013, and up in Minnesota, and then did three more years up in Minnesota with SPO, uh, reaching out at uh, University of St. Thomas, and then back in 2016, I moved down here to Kansas City, and so we're doing uh, some outreach for the the post grad young young professional uh, world down here in Kansas City. That's Great. awesome. Praise, the Lord, Praise the Lord, man. All right, so we want to hear about your life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. So just kind of start us off. What was life growing like? Uh, what was life like growing up in, in relationship with Jesus? Yeah, so uh, born and raised, probably the most of the people you talk to are, you know, maybe traditional cradle Catholics. I was uh, grew up in a traditional Catholic family, the fourth of five. I one brother, three sisters. Uh, pretty standard. We did mass on Sundays. Uh, I was my formation actually was through Opus Day. Have you heard of Opus Day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So really grateful for my formation through through them. Uh, got plugged in with them late grade school, early middle school, all the way through high school. So I had pretty solid formation with Opus Day growing up. Uh, and just in my personal relationship, I, I really gave my life to Jesus about 10 years ago, but growing up, I've always had a sensitivity mm-hmm. to the spiritual world. Uh, I, I think I just, I've always, I, I kind of have just a sensitive heart. <laughs> um, I mean, emotionally, <laughs> I kind of just, I feel things a lot, yeah. uh, spiritually aware uh, even physically, I have a low pain tolerance, so I don't know if that's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I, w- I want to prove that someday. I'm just going to kick you next time I see you. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's make it happen. I, uh, and so, yeah, just always, I was aware of the spiritual world and of God growing up. Um, I think as with, you know, just a, a lot of people, just uh, high school's loud and it's a weird world, so mm-hmm. is middle school. But in in high school, I started doing started doing the double life sort of thing, right, it, where I was uh, really involved in my faith. But back then, it was really law-based for me, uh, really checking the box I, to the point to where, I mean, I knew... So much about the faith, and I knew, for example, that I'm not supposed to receive the Eucharist if I'm not in the state of grace, right? So Saturday, me and my friends, we would go to confession on Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. We'd go to 4.30 Mass, and we'd go to confession at St. Mary's, and then go to 4.30 Mass at St. Peter and Paul's, receive the Eucharist, do our obligat- obligatory Sunday or Saturday Sabbath, uh, and, and then we would go drink that night. And, and then I kind of just got in that cycle of just doing the, the duty, uh, (laughs) and, and just checking off the boxes. So through high school, off into college, I started just kind of drifting through. As I look back, I really didn't know who I was. I was fairly insecure and and it kind of going back to just how I said, you know, I, 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 I'm a feeler. I, I, I had a, maybe a sensitive heart to things. I, I started numbing myself because I, I felt a lot of things. And we, we all have wounds, right? I mean, uh, I remember I, I've actually listened to uh, various of your guys' shows. I listened to Bart Schutz a while back, and I, I love what they're doing with the JP2 Healing Center, Bart and Dr. Bob Schutz. And, yep. and just the, the world of inner healing is very real. And they're just, and we all have wounds, right? Uh, I learned 
ways to medicate and to numb. And so with alcohol and pot and other things, I drifted into college. Uh, and it took me about six years to graduate college. Not about. It took me exactly six years to graduate college. My six first, or my, eight. <laughs> Maybe ten. First, yeah, ish. Heavy on the ish. My, uh, my first two years, I went to St. Louis University. Uh, and, and I just went there because my dad was a nurse at the hospital. So I got a great deal going there. But I wasn't really... Again, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was about. I didn't have a vision for my life. I didn't know like where I was going. So I, I just I went to SLU. My first two years were kind of my victory laps over there. I was I I got asked to leave. I got kicked out of my apartment. I, I just kind of got lost in the college world. Um, mm-hmm. I went to mass my first Sunday there. It was a 10 p.m. Sunday night mass at Xavier College Church in at, at St. Louis University. Uh, and I was really convicted because my that whole week prior, I dove into the party scene and that that culture on a college campus. And then I went to the Sunday night mass because that's what I'm supposed to do because I'd never missed a Sunday mass in my entire life up until that point. But I was I remember I was in the mass and just really convicted. And I felt like I just of, of a couple things. One, uh, what did I do this past week? Uh, two, I. So I felt I had an option. I either keep doing this double life or, uh, or, or one, stop doing the college party scene and maybe start living for God, mm-hmm. or three, stop doing the, quote, God thing and dive into the party scene on the college campus. So I didn't go to Mass the rest of my time at St. Louis University, dove into the party scene, and then la- that lasted two years. So fast forward to after my fifth year of college, Kind of my life spun out of control. I hit the proverbial rock bottom. I was living back home with my parents, uh, and I'm from Alton, Illinois. I don't think I mentioned that. It's near St. Louis. Living back home, uh, I was uh, bartending on the weekends, going to school full-time during the week. Uh, my dad, he worked on the weekends as a nurse, and so I remember the first Sunday back home, uh, my mom tried to get me out of bed, but I, I wasn't budging. I didn't go to Mass. Because uh, I wasn't going to church back then, but my parents didn't know that. So my mom tried to get me out of bed. I didn't go. My dad gets home that night, and in so many words says, you go to Mass every Sunday with your mother, or you get the heck out of the house. <laughs> uh, he wasn't as nice with his words, but really <laughs> grateful uh, that it just wasn't an option. If I'm living under their roof, uh, it wasn't an option to go to Mass. And so I went to Mass every Sunday uh, again, kind of my formation through Opus Day growing up, I had a solid foundation. I didn't ever receive the Eucharist. Uh, I, I would either go up for a blessing or just sit there in my pew. Uh, and, and so, uh, but every Sunday after Mass, there was this young priest, the, the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. at my parish back home. They're, they're an incredible order. Uh, and, and, and so this young priest named Father Sean Monahan, who's actually the, the <laughs> novice master out in Boston now, with the order, uh, he he usually was celebrating the mass that I was going to, and every Sunday after mass, he'd he'd grab me, and he was just like a charismatic personality kind of guy. He was young, mid thirties, and he would always grab me and pull me in, and he would he called me brother Nick. He'd be like brother Nick, how you doing? <laughs> and uh, just give me a big old hug, and I'm like I'm fine, Father. Uh, well, I say I'm good, you know, because I was again up until that point in my whole life, I was really good at wearing masks and really good at hiding and really good at making everyone think that my life was fine. 
And I said, I'm good, Father. And he would say, you know, every week we did the same thing. He said, when are we going to grab lunch? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'd say, yeah, yeah, we'll have to sometime. But internally, I'm thinking, <laughs> never, As far Father. from today as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he, he every week he gave me his card. And he's like, give me a call sometime. And and, and eventually I, I, I just, my I, I'd, I'd hit this rock bottom. After living home for a few months, I was... It was a late, late night coming home from Lumiere Casino in St. Louis. I was driving home. I, I shouldn't have been driving. Uh, I get home, and I see it's like 5.30 in the morning, and I see my dad. Uh, he's about to go to work. He's Again, he's a nurse, and so he's leaving at 5.30 in the morning. So I don't even – he's about to come outside the front door. So I step off to the side of the house. I don't even know if he's heard this story before. So, Dad, if you're listening, surprise. <laughs> uh, summer of 2009, it was almost 10 years ago in July, he steps – out of the house, goes to his car, and I remember I'm standing off to the left side of the house, and I look at him. He's in his scrubs with his backpack on. He's got his lunchbox, and he's going to work 12 hours. So he goes to work early so he can walk, so he can work 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. to come home at 8 p.m. at night to provide for his family. And I'm just really convicted. I'm looking at him. I'm like, gosh, what am I doing? I'm just floating through life. But again, I was really good at numbing and numbing the the conviction of the Holy Spirit to come back, you know? Mm. And so I, I wake up, I go to bed at 6 a.m., I wake up about two hours later, around 8 a.m., and, and and this is probably, as an adult, for sure, the first, like, kind of spiritual experience I'd ever had, and it wasn't a good spiritual experience. I'll keep it brief, but um, I woke up, and, and it was, there was, like, a, a dark presence in my room, and I was honestly really scared, and and for the first time in years... I prayed a prayer, and I don't remember if it was out loud or if it was in my heart, but I, I just said, Jesus, help me. Uh, and immediately something just broke. There was this heavy—do you guys know what like sleep paralysis is? Have you guys ever heard of that? Sure. Mm-hmm. So like you're awake, but your body's not awake, and it feels really scary. It was something similar to that. And I said, Jesus, help me. Something broke. I sit up on the side of my bed— it was the atmosphere. It was as if the atmosphere just like shifted in my room, and I'm thinking, okay, what's going on? I try to go back to bed. I'm laying there for 30 minutes, and at this point, I had no problem sleeping till into the, way into the afternoon, and I've only been sleeping for two hours. And two voices are playing in my head. One is Father Sean saying, "Brother Nick, give me a call," and the other is my good friend Tom, who is living back home next door, going to Wash U Law School. Who's actually he's a um, uh, supernumerary with Opus Day currently. And he would always encourage me to talk to Father Sean. He's like, you should talk to Father Sean sometime. And so I, I try to sleep that those voices away. I'm laying in bed for like 30 minutes, and I realize I'm not going to bed. I give Father Sean a call, uh, and he says, yeah, Brother Nick, come on down. And so I, I was like, the price is right. Come on down. <laughs> and, and he says, uh, he, he tells me to come down to his office. So it's about a mile away, and I just start walking. And as I'm going there, I have no idea what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to tell him, uh, and I sit there in his office, and and he's like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" I said, "I'm all right." He said, "What's going on?" And then I said, "I don't, I don't know, Father." Um, and then it was just this pregnant, deafening silence as he just stared at me, and I hated silence back then. And he was looking at me for it. Maybe was only ten seconds, which is still a long time. <laughs> uh, but it felt like and, two but hours. I, 
Yeah, it did. And I remember, I'll never forget it. It was like it was this morning, honestly. And, and he was looking at me. And, and it was as if for the first time in my life, the, the masks were down. The facade was, I just put down my armor. And it, I felt like for the first time ever, somebody was actually looking at me for, for the, my current real state of where I was at. And mm-hmm. I felt broken and tired and lonely and hurt and just alone. And and he's looking at me. And eventually I said, Father, two hours ago I drove home from the casino, and, and I shouldn't have been driving. Um, yesterday I, I woke up at this place after work, and I don't really know how I got there. And, and, I, and, I, and I started telling him things I'd never told anybody. And, and eventually he, out of his front pocket he pulls out his stole, and he kisses it and throws it around his neck, and he says, we're just going to turn this into a confession. <laughs> uh, and I said, great, okay. And then he says, if you could just say a couple of those things again in the context of confession, so I do. And then next thing I know, I'm just, I say, you know, my eyeball starts to sweat, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I say, this is weird. I, I don't cry. I, I work out, you know. And, um, so, but I... I'd, I just, I, I, I remember I felt, I, I fell on my knees and I started confessing. Um, and I just poured it all out there. It was just the spirit came upon me and I just unloaded. The first time in maybe seven years, I was 23. First time in seven years, I'd gone, maybe six, seven years, I'd gone to confession. I'll never forget the words. He, he says, he says, brother, brother Nick, he says, welcome home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, every time I recount that, I mean, it just, brings tears to my eyes right now and just so grateful for the mercy uh, of the Father through the sacrament of confession. And, and my penance was to go next door into the into St. Mary's, into the parish, and go up into the sanctuary and just to say yes. That was it. Um, and so he absolved me. I went over there. I stepped up into the sanctuary right in front of the tabernacle. It's slightly above head level. And I look, and, I, and, I, and above the tabernacle is this beautiful crucifix and I, and I looked and I just said yes and, and as I look back and as I have language for it now that was the moment I was you know whatever language you want to use baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, the, the Holy Spirit was released into my life a fuller outpouring a fresh outpouring a fuller release your release of you know your baptismal or confirmational graces the Holy Spirit fell upon me uh, it both fell on me and filled me up, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about, and a lot of people listening know the experience. I, I, I repented, I said yes, and the Spirit came. Yeah. And after I said Praise yes, I just lifted my arms out, and as loud as I could, in this old German Catholic church, I just screamed as loud as I could, yes, and I gave my <laughs> life to Jesus. Can, can you, can you demonstrate I, for us right now what that sounded like? I was like? going to, is that legal? <laughs> yes, go for it. I, I wanna... said yes! Yes! And I said, Jesus, I said, I want to fight for you. I want to live for you. I want to die for you. I want to give everything for you. And I was just on yeah. fire. Yeah. And I walked home. And then you and turned then around and saw the lady in the back that was crying. What is going on? We don't do that in church. What are you doing? <laughs> That's improper. I love that. Yeah. If you're in your car right now and you're driving, Holy Spirit's convicting you and you just need to scream yes, but you can throw your oh, arms off to the yeah. Side just like Nick did. It's just no, no actually, keep your yeah, hands, keep on, your the hands on the wheels. Ten and yeah. two. <laughs> yes, yes, Lord, I give you my life. <laughs>
Praise thumbs the Lord. Up. Thumbs Spirit up. Falls. Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for Amen. working in Nick's life that day and uh, sending your spirit as a gift, uh, even though I just love mercy. It's an undeserved gift. Mm. It wasn't like you Amen. deserved it. You didn't work for it. You, uh, yeah. But God chose to bless you. Um, and that's yeah. why the, we call it the gift of the Holy Spirit, not the, the yeah. earned Holy Spirit. Right. You know, Achievement. Like, yeah, the achievement of the Holy Spirit. So just yeah. thank you, Jesus Christ. And no matter who you are, listener, you, the Lord wants to give you that gift, the mm-hmm. gift of mercy mm-hmm. and the gift of yeah. his Holy Spirit. So Nick, yeah. from that point, you've just been on radical mission, yes? Well, yeah, now I'm perfect. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think you are. No, okay. So, but I, but I want to I want to transition. I want to fast good, forward a little bit. And, <laughs> for sure, for and, sure. And, and I want to hear, yeah. because I know that you're like on fire with the Holy Spirit, so that mercy was poured out, Holy Spirit was poured yeah. out, uh-huh. and now you are living as a radical disciple. Could you maybe highlight quickly some of the things yeah. that have led you to the point where you are and then right. i just want to hear some of the just amazing convictions that are on your heart today 10 yeah. years after following jesus christ and some of the powerful yeah. works of uh, god that are happening yeah. in your life mm-hmm. yeah yeah no on, on a serious note i was from that moment i have been on mission that that first year was a purifying year and a lot of things had to be ripped out of my life uh, but i was on fire and i told anybody and everybody about what I knew was going on in my life, and mm-hmm. it was not the best, uh, but it was, I, w- I did what I could. I gave CDs out to people. I told people about Jesus, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I wasn't that formed that well, but really, the Holy Spirit came on me, and I was on mission. Uh, then after my first year, my last year of college, I, I served with Net Ministries, um, and it was about, I'd say, six years ago, five or six years ago, I started experiencing um, more of the signs and wonders of our faith. Uh, that 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 God actually can speak through me, and mm-hmm. and I, I'm actually His prophet. I'm His mouthpiece. I'm His ambassador, and I speak on behalf of the King. And and that is really crazy. I remember the I started watching these. Yeah, you guys are familiar with the Wonderlust production videos, right? Mm. Uh, no. Like, like six years ago, I heard about Finger of God. Oh yeah, yeah, movie. okay. Yeah, like Finger of God, Holy Ghost, Father of Lights. Yep. I, I I started seeing it, like that that God actually is doing these works through Christians today, and so I started praying with people. I remember the first person I prayed for that had a headache. I started with a headache at the University of St. Thomas. <laughs> I had a concussion from uh, from uh, rugby, and I remember I was really scared to pray. I, I would I would pray with people for healing before that, but it was really kind of something like way outside of me. Like Father in heaven, just come and touch your son and bring healing. But I would never ask them if they were actually healed immediately after, right? Because I don't think I really had the faith that they would actually be healed. <laughs> but I remember this guy's the student, his name was Thomas. Uh, I, I prayed for his headache to leave, and I actually commanded it in the name of Jesus to leave. And then I asked him, uh, how's it going? And he said, <laughs> it's gone. And I said, shut up. He's like, no, it's really gone. I'm like, don't just say that to make me feel good. He's like, no, it's gone. And, and, and so from that moment, to, I started just experiencing God can move in power. Mm-hmm. I remember me and my friend uh, Dick, um, we used to go and call him Adventures of Dick and Nick. We, we'd walk around the Mall of America when I was living. Yeah, hashtag Adventures of Dick and Nick. We'd walk around the Mall of America, and, and, and I started seeing God can show up in power. So I wanted to just go love people and bless people. And I remember we were walking through 
the the mall and and I was like God, we're just like praying out loud as we're walking, like Holy Spirit, come. Who do you want to touch? Who do you want to minister to? And and Dick's from Texas, and so everybody that has anything with Texas on, uh, he comments to them, and he said, he, "There's this person standing outside of Barnes and Noble, he had a Texas Longhorns hat on, and he's like Texas." And so we're talking to the guy. This guy ends up needing a ride an hour and a half south to uh, to Rochester, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We weren't planning on doing anything like that. I just wanted to see some miracles, but God said, give this guy a ride. And when I say God said, I just heard, I just felt convicted in my heart that we need to give this guy a ride. So we give this guy a ride down uh, to Rochester, Minnesota from St. Paul. And on the way, he just taught, he just got out of jail. He'd been in jail for 10 years. Uh, And also I regularly pick people up on the side of the road Sometimes they're hitchhiking, sometimes they're not. I don't necessarily... <laughs> hey, Nick, can I give you a tip? When yeah. I first got married, I did that all the time, too, and I, I yeah. did it a few times with my wife in the car. That's a bad thing for your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. like, what I... are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the reason I have talked about that, I said, I don't recommend you do this, and I won't do it when you're in the car. But <laughs> Exactly. Okay, you're smarter than I am. Okay, good. <laughs> you, you I'm glad you have heard story. This guy, he just got out of jail... He, he'd uh, met his daughter for the first time, who's 10 years old. Uh, his girlfriend was pregnant with her when he got in jail. He just got out. He's telling us his story. And eventually I said, John, I said, where are you at with Jesus? And he says, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, I said, what? He goes, you're the third person that's asked me that this week. I said, Jesus is coming after you, man. And he, he started telling us these stories of people paying for his groceries and saying it's because Jesus uh, told him to do it. Or they picked him up on the side of the road and gave him a ride, and Jesus said to do it. And so he goes, now you guys are taking me down to Rochester, and you're telling me Jesus told you to do it. I said, that's the case, man. He loves you. He actually, so long story short, he had this pain in his hand because his girlfriend uh, had drugs, and he didn't want her to have this dope in the house. So he goes to grab it takes it out of the house, she comes after him with a butcher knife. Cuts open his forearm. So he severs his tendons, his, his muscles, uh, and he had to have surgery. And he told us this happened last week, and he goes, every day I'm waking up with just pain. Mm-hmm. And my, my hand's clenched, waking up with pain in my hand. And, I, and it's really, and some days I don't even open it. Uh, by the end of the day, I might be able to, but it's a lot of pain. So we get to his apartment complex. And I said, Hey, man, can we, John, can we pray that, that Jesus can bring healing into your, uh, into your forearm? He says, sure. So he's sitting in the back seat. I reached back. I said, can I place my hand on your forearm? He says, absolutely. So I placed my hand and I just said, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we release healing into this forearm, you know, tendons, ligaments, be completely restored in the name of Jesus. And then his eyeball starts to sweat. He's got a tear coming down. <laughs> and, and, and we say, John, what's going on inside? And he says, my heart's, my heart's really hot. And so Dick and I, we, we just say on cue, we just say, double it, Lord. You know, double it, just more fire. And so he's, 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 he's really experiencing the Holy Spirit. Praise so what's Lord. going on with your forearm? He opens up his hand. He says, the pain's gone. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Thank Praise you, Jesus. God. He says, it's all gone. And then he lifts up, he's got a sweatshirt on. He lifts up his, his, uh, his sleeve, and there's a scar there. Mm-hmm. So we ask. We're like, let's just throw some more coals on the fire. And so we, he puts his, his, his sleeve back down. We, we command the scar to leave in Jesus' name. He pulls it back up, and the scar was still there. 
But <laughs> wouldn't that have been freaking sweet if I would have left? People, I tell that story sometimes, and people are like, no, no. If you tell me the scar left, I'm not going to believe yeah. it. Because, because my Jesus doesn't make scars disappear. <laughs> hey, my uh, Jesus only has certain miracles he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to I speak to our listeners real quick. That That's an awesome testimony, Nick. And um, I, I pray that each one of us would have the bravery and the courage to understand that we have the capacity to actually be ministers of the Lord's healing, but also that if, you know, if you are listening right now and you're thinking, man, I want that courage, baby steps are good because those, those two other people who talked to that guy that week who bought groceries and said, this is Jesus Mm. and who, you know, who, who, who witnessed to the Lord's love in his life, they laid the foundation for you to actually uh, have that opportunity to have that 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 miraculous demonstration of God's love take place. Amen yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love that that his heart was touched before his hand was yeah. touched too. The Lord had yeah. A, yeah. a double healing yeah. for him. Yep, absolutely. That's yeah, a- so we let him. He, he gave his life to Jesus that night, uh, and then Dick he pulls out a, a rosary. He says, "Yeah, man, you got a father in heaven who loves you, but you also have a mother who loves you." And he gave him this rosary that he had in his pocket, and he, this guy says, "Oh." He said, this is one of those rosemaries. <laughs> like, yeah, kind of. And so we blessed them and just, and that's the main thing. Like when we, when I go out and I'm just looking for miracles, I can kind of get nervous. But if I go out and I just want to love people that's and right. just take risks for love, you really can't go wrong. Oh, you know? Lord. Nick, what's the, what's the biggest conviction on your heart in the last few years? Like as you, as you pray and you seek the Lord out for just living a life on mission and a life of holiness, What's God been convicting your heart of? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think just what, that, that we, it's really simple, but that, that we host the presence of the kingdom of God. And, and it is really that simple. Uh, but when I started experiencing that God wants to speak through me, mm-hmm. and you got to take risks and step out and and speak things to people and encourage people, and that when I realized that God can actually flow in power through me, that the kingdom of God isn't just some distant reality that's way outside of me, but it's as if like there's this portal to eternity. That might not be the right word, but it, it helped me kind of view it like where the inside of me. There is this access, this gateway, this, I mean, Jesus is the gate, right? He is yeah. the gateway. He is the portal to the Father. Maybe that's not the best language, but but the kingdom of God is inside of me. And so when I experience that, He wants to flow through me, it, it rooted me deeper in my personal prayer life, whereas I just sat in His presence. Uh, yes, God is infinitely outside of me, but He is deeply personal and within me, and He's and yes, his thoughts are way higher than my thoughts, but I also have his thoughts. You know what no eye has seen? We often hear this verse at, at like funerals, you know, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. You know, in Scripture, and I think it's First Corinthians chapter 2, it says that, it quotes that verse, what no eye has seen, nor, nor heart conceived, nor, or no mind conceived, nor heart, you know, what, however it goes, what God has prepared, prepared for those who love him, Paul says, God has revealed to us in the Spirit. And we, we have access to His, his thoughts. Uh, and and, it's, and if, if we walked around aware 
that as I walked into a restaurant, as I walked down the street, and as I just looked at other people in the eye Mm -hmm. uh, and smiled at them and waved to people and acknowledged people in this very connected but very disconnected world, as I did that, aware, mindful, that I host the presence of the King of the Universe, uh, that's the game changer. And we don't need to be weird about it. We can just love people and be human and be normal and just people don't need to know that I'm necessarily prophesying to them as I just encourage them that God's given them a good heart and, you know, and they have value in this and that, but uh, just that we host the presence. And if, I mean, we can, there's 2 billion Catholic or 2 billion Christians, 2 point something billion, there's over a billion Catholics on the, it's like a third of the population. If we were all aware of that, mm-hmm. that would it would change culture. <laughs> it's as if the kingdom of God would come down to earth. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that, Nick. I, I, so the, I, you know, listeners, we're all in full-time ministry. So, Nick, you're actually in full-time ministry for a job, but, it, like, all the ministry you're talking about is not your job. Like, you, that's right. just your life. And, and right. our, our lifestyle as a Christian is full-time ministry. Yeah. That everywhere yeah. we go, our eyes are open to to see how we can love the Lord and love his people. Um, right. We're going to take a short break. And Nick, when we come back, I want you to just let our listeners know a little bit about the work you're doing with St. Paul's Outreach yeah. and the Young Adult Ministry, how you're activating young adults, and then how our listeners can come uh, into touch with you. You are listening yeah. to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people and launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. God has an extraordinary mission for all of you listeners. And so when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit more from Nick Red. We'll be right back. Hello, this is an EW10 Bookmark Brief. I'm Doug Keck. Just had the pleasure of speaking with Father Matthew Mary, our own MFVA, about a book, Reflections with Father Leo Clifford. It's been recently republished by EW10 Publishing. And, of course, Father Clifford's been featured on EW10 in his video segments for many, many years. These are now in book form. You can also get the video as well through our EW10 Religious Catalog. Father Matthew, what is it you got out of reading this book, Reflections by Father Leo Clifford? He will actually take you on a journey. You know, you, you basically go with him in this reflection. It's almost as if you're sitting in the chapel with him and you're kind of going mm-hmm. through a, a reflection with him on these different topics. And then he's basically helping you to enter into that topic and to be able to even maybe understand it a little better. And the book is Reflections with Father Leo Clifford, published by us at EW10, available EW10RC.com, along with the videos as well. This has been a Bookmark Brief. I'm Doug Keck. Check these out as well on a regular basis. Hello, and welcome back to Encounter. We are listening to the testimony and the ministry of Nick Red. Nick, thank you so much for sharing about the glory of God on your life, the way he brought yeah. you out of darkness and into light and has made you a minister of bringing those out of darkness into light. Can you share with us uh, briefly just kind of about what is your like hunger for Catholics? Like, What do you want Catholics to do with their lives? Yeah, I... Great question. Uh, so a part of just how I grew up, just with Opus Day and with this call to not, not you don't have to, it was such a radical thought from St. Jose Maria to become holy in the world. Mm-hmm. Like you're actually called to encounter Jesus in your work and in the marketplace, uh, rather than you, the, the thought used to be you have to go to the monastery to be holy. Uh, but just as I've taken that foundation in my heart, 
to experiencing this this outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, in my life, I, I just my dream is for for people to know who they are, and it's not just about power, right, and authority. There's a lot of, but what we don't need is. I mean, a bunch of orphans running around with a lot of power. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I, I want people to know who their father is and to to affect, to be the most, I mean, even creatives. Like, I think if we have access to the mind of Christ, I believe we should be the most creative people in the world, that, whether it's in engineering or architecture or design or songwriting. I mean, I would love for us to have pretty sweet songs to sing in our in our liturgies as well but in the church and outside of the church just for the church to know who they who she is uh and and for people to start dreaming big dreams Mm -hmm. with god that's that's kind of it's kind of vague but but for people to know who they are and to do life with with god in their sphere of influence because holiness is practical and it looks like showing up in, in, in blessing people in the normal, ordinary ways of doing good work in your work, but also speaking truth and love and encouragement to those in the cube next to you. Amen to that. I love that, man. So the when you're working with young adults, what are you kind of like, What's what are you seeing in their lives? Like, how are you activating the Holy Spirit in their lives? Yeah, so what, what, we started small uh, with with uh, we're calling it mission KC. So we do a few different things. We do men's nights and, and women's nights because men and women uh, they they uh, we we interact and relate to God differently, right? I mean, we all know that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, how do I relate to Jesus as my as the bridegroom and I'm His spouse? It's always kind of hard for me that that even that imagery, even though it's true. Like I'm the bride, the the you know the spouse of Christ. And but how do I relate to Jesus as a man? As He's like my warrior, my my, my brother, whereas women might view him as like a more of a, a lover and a wooer, and I know that is true. Like God's wooing all of our hearts, but it's just we relate to him differently, right? So we create space for that. Go through some men's content, and men struggle with particular things, and women struggle with different things. But one of the things I think I'm most excited about what we are doing is every other Wednesday night um, we have something we're calling it Mission KC, and it's, it started with just like living room, just kind of worship, where it's. We just started with maybe 15, 20 people, and it's been growing steadily. Last week, we just had you know four new people that come, and, and we, we've got we create a space for a pretty deep worship. We mm-hmm. hear the basic gospel message uh, shared. It's five or ten minutes. We we worship deeply. We share senses of what we think God is doing, uh, and we and then after that, we we go through a teaching, whether it's um, just like some pr- prophecy or some prophetic activation, pray, basics to praying for healing. And we create this space to take risks and to, quote, be wrong. Like, and, and so we, we practice the gifts of the Spirit yeah. with each other in a safe place. And, and that is so huge, to be able to do that and to be able to know, like, even figure out. And I say, like, rather than using the language, you know, how do you hear God's voice or God said, for me— a better question to ask is, is how does God communicate to you? Mm-hmm. Because when I hear somebody say, how do you hear God's voice? Like, it's often, that, that language doesn't help, isn't helpful for me. So maybe this is even helpful for somebody listening, you know, how does God communicate to you? Because He's running circles around us, and, <laughs> and He'll communicate to me on a billboard, or coincidences, <laughs> or, or different, you know, even sometimes I think um, deja vu, if deja vu happens in my life, which is such a weird experience, 
I feel this Holy Spirit saying, Nick, pay attention. I'm doing something right now. So, and we even just share, like, how we share when, uh, like, somebody says, you know, I'm getting this sense of this, or I have this vision, or, or uh, I have this thought. And so we even create a space for people to share, okay, so when you say you had a vision, what do you mm-hmm. mean by that? Yep. Well, uh, okay, so, I, and going back to actually, like, nine years ago when I started walking in the Spirit and started realizing Holy Spirit can speak to me, I remember I was doing this math puzzle problem. My senior year of high school, I had to take this uh, this uh, al- uh, college algebra class, and we had these math puzzle problems, and I got through all of them, and there was one that I could take home to, for extra credit. So I took it home, and I couldn't do it for the life of me. And finally, I had this thought, maybe I could just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me. So I closed my eyes, uh, because you have to close your eyes for God to hear you. Um, and <laughs> Just kidding. Thanks for laughing. That was a joke. Uh, I say, Holy Spirit, can you show me how this puzzle worked, how this puzzle works. I opened up my eyes, and what happened was, is it was as if, you know, you're looking at the sun, which I don't do that regularly, but you look away, and there's this, you still see something, or you're looking at a light, and you look away, it's like this darker kind of image of what the light was. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's what I saw. I just opened up my eyes, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I see that. And, it just, and I'm like, oh, that's how the puzzle works. Are you and sure so that's I not cheating, it, Nick? What's that? Are you sure that's not cheating? Well, I don't know if it's cheating, but it worked. The Holy Spirit showed me how to do it. And so I share that story because in these Mission KC nights, we share with each other how God speaks to us. And it gives us permission to kind of, oh, maybe God speaks to me in that way. And then we share senses, words of knowledge, prophetic, you know, words with each other. And and it's to create a safe space to practice, to, quote, be wrong, uh, and to, to see His power show up. And then... People go out, and we come back, we share, and we give like this last time we encourage people every day to, to pray for one person in their life uh, and then text them uh, an encouragement. And depending on who it is, you might just say you're praying for them. Somebody else, you might say, hey, I got this sense that, you know, God is doing this in your life. I just want to encourage you with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that means anything to you. but And then we come back, and we hear what God's doing around Kansas City in people's lives, and it's really, really encouraging, and, and people get, their faith get, gets built up, we take risks, and again, taking risks for love and to create a safe space to be right, to be wrong, and it, knowing at the end of the day it's not about being right and wrong, it's about taking a risk for love and to love people. Yeah, I love that. You know, I think sometimes we, we get into this mode of like, well, you know, it, I guess what I'm hearing in your testimony is just the both and, you know, like the, the reconciliation yeah. and confession and the mass were always present. They were those foundations that just yeah. like they rooted you in the Lord. And it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like you've left the Eucharist or you've left confession uh, more like on the contrary. You're probably going to mass more in adoration yeah. and confession yeah. more regularly. But then. God has, he has even more, you know, that the charisms of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are God's like icing on the cake, you know, and like we, you notice the cake and and it's there, that foundation is set, but then God says, hey, this isn't all I want for you. Like, and I think so many Catholics, we, we grow up in good um, formation of like understanding the sacraments and understanding mm-hmm. like you started the show with like with the law and the law is important right mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I don't know the, the law then, then how do I right. know where the narrow path is that I'm supposed to walk um, but That's the Lord right. says there is more and yeah 
And, and I, you know, I don't want to eat cake without icing. Like, come on. Like, I yeah. want the both and. And, and I, I think that's yeah. the beauty of the Holy Spirit that you're helping young adults see and come to encounter that, hey, you've got the foundation. It's been set in your life. Now I want to show you that there's more. That Holy Spirit yeah. wants to abide in you, make the kingdom of God living and active in you. And he wants to speak to you and communicate to you in a way yeah. that you can utilize the voice of the Holy Spirit to help impact others on mission and change their lives forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Uh, a lot of times, you know, we'll talk about the the fact that the Holy Spirit's like that that new wine that we enjoy, and uh, you, you can't really enjoy the new wine without the without the cup, right? And the, <laughs> that, that discipline is like the cup that we that that gives us access to actually un- enjoying and partaking right. of the wine of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. I think a lot of times people will say, you know. Uh, I, I I don't want to get I don't want to get wine all over myself, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be comfortable with this cup. But like the yeah, the, the mm. cup has no purpose if, if not for the for the enjoyment of the Lord. Mm, amen yeah. to that. Fill me up, Lord. Love yes, that. I want to get my cup all filled up with more of the Holy Spirit. That's awesome, Nick. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Yeah. If our listeners want to um, get a hold of you and learn more about your ministry, how could they do that? Yeah, I uh, so you can check. I'm on well. I'm on the Facebook. I'm primarily on there. I do have Instagram, but if I, I do have a website as well, uh, I www.iamnickred.com. That's i a m n i c k r e w d dot com. I'm on there. Nice. Email. Love to love to connect with people. That's Perfect. awesome. Praise the Lord. So if you uh, are looking for a speaker or just want to like connect with uh, Nick and share your story with him, mm-hmm. please check out IamNickRed.com. I like that, Nick. It's like uh, you, like you put the Lord first, right? I am and then and then Nick Red. <laughs> That's exactly what I did there. Thank you for highlighting that. As, as the Pharisees cringe. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, <laughs> the Lord is first and then I'm second. I love oh, it. Uh, uh, it's good. That's that's good. Uh, if you were Yoda, you'd put Nick Red. I am, but that Nick would just I, that, right, that right, theology right. <laughs> there just doesn't work very well. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much yeah, for sharing uh, your life changing encounter with us. You've been listening to Encounter, the show that brings you the life changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. What a great witness Nick's been to the fact that supernatural ministry—it's not limited to any one person with any special power, right? It's it's accessible to all of us and. You know, even now as, as you're driving or as you're listening on the radio or, or, or on your computer, I, I'd love to invite you to just go through that process of, of activating, of actually going through the activity of opening yourself to God to hear that word for yourself. You know, Nick talked about um, hearing God's voice for other people, and it's as simple as sometimes just listening to what God is, is speaking into your heart or your imagination. So as, as you're driving right now, don't close your eyes. Just ask Jesus, Jesus, would you place somebody on my heart who you want me to speak to today. And that first person that comes to your mind, you know, sometimes for me, if I start thinking too hard, I start to uh, dissect and and over uh, overthink what the Lord's speaking. And that first person that comes to your mind, just say, Jesus, what do you want me to speak to them? And then feel free to grab your phone, uh, to give them a call, or maybe write them a note or an email or a text message when you get home, and go through that process every day of, of asking God, what do you want to do? What do you want to speak? How do you want to communicate to me, Lord? And what do you want me to do for others?
Lori, thank you for what you're doing in people's lives, and we just pray that you would continue to work in people's hearts and their minds and in their uh, just their daily lives. Yeah. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Encounter Radio, co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. To learn more about our show, you can go to EncounterRadio.org, or you can download our podcast and share this episode with others. Thank you so much.